0: we pick up a series called uh, Soul Goals. And um, really, the premise of this series is this, that all of this stuff, all the trappings of, of faith and Christianity, uh, churches meeting uh, right now all across um, the, the eastern U.S. and throughout the day today uh, across our nation, but all around the world um, when churches gather, the question really is, um, what is uh, the goal of Christianity? What is the goal of what Jesus came to live and die for um, what are the soul goals? And so we're walking through some of those over the course of this month, and we're really just talking about, Lord, what do you have for me? Um, what, what is the point? When I, when I gather, when I meet, when I pray, when I serve, when I give, when I'm a part of all of this stuff, what is the outcome? What is the goal that you have for me? And so over time, um, we're walking through different goals that the Lord has. Today, I want to talk about one that I think we, we all need, whether we acknowledge it or not. And I believe that today as you leave, you're going to be blessed and encouraged. And um, I believe that you're going to walk out of here, uh, hopefully, um, looking at your your time, your energies, your stress points, and be able to reevaluate those underneath of the goal that Jesus has uh, for your soul. And so today's uh, soul goal uh, we want to talk about comes from Matthew chapter 11. The verse will be up on the screen, and I would love for you to follow along if you have it uh, on your app, on the Bible app or also um, in your print edition. Matthew chapter 11 uh, says this. Come to me, this is Jesus, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you, what does it say? Rest. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you, say it with me, rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find what rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light you see we we live in an age where we are constantly being bombarded With advertisements, we're being bombarded with technology, we're being bombarded with relationships and and people, and we live in a culture now where you really cannot hold an opinion on anything without having someone else um, want to argue with you about it. And so we're, we're constantly under stress and duress from different places. Some of us are, are under stress because of, of, of pure things, things that are genuine, that they just happen, like uh, life just happens. Some of us are under stress because of sin issues and sin issues of others that are falling into our lives. But either way, many of us, most of us, I would dare say, cannot go a full week without uh, stress. And many of us, we, we, we got ourselves in a situation to where we're, we're trying to, to have the job to pay for the house to pay for the vehicle just to get to the job and it's this endless cycle where each area of our life seems to be under stress we're stressed at work we're stressed in traffic getting back and forth to that job we're stressed when we're having to clean up and take care of the house or people around us we're stressed in all of these areas and if we're not careful the goal of Jesus for your life will be completely missed and you'll feel like it's unrealistic. You will feel like this idea of soul rest is just not genuine. And I want to tell you today that the the Lord Jesus desires, based on the evidence of this and many other scriptures, His desire for you is that your very soul would have rest. Your very soul would have rest. You and I often think of of rest in terms of just kind of sitting down, unwinding. Um, I've gotten to a place lately in the last few years where uh, Christy and I bought a house and the first thing I wanted to do was to set that house up as a place of rest. Every other area of my life, I'm, I'm being bombarded with text and email and calls and in the, the, the type of um, the ministry path that I have, I'm, I'm constantly the person that gets the calls when it's at its worst. Um, when people want to talk to me nine times out of ten, it's already pretty bad. And so for me, a lot of the incoming is, is, is stress that I'm designed to, to carry in my role for people. And so I, I love that role, but I also love my own health and my own soul health. And so um, I went and when we got the, the house and I, I said, you know what, I'm going to do a few things. And one of the things we did was I, I got a hot tub because I've always wanted a hot tub. I don't know why, but I got one. And so now one thing I go do is I go take 20, 30 minutes and I just just chill and just let my, my brain go with, with, uh, away with the hot tub. I also went and got me a hammock out in my backyard. Because why? Stress. So now I can go out there and I can grab a book or I can grab some iced tea and I just uh, lean up there and I just let the world pass me by. And it's beautiful. You know the other thing I did for, for stress relief for myself? I went and I got me two Cracker Barrel chairs. You know, those rocking chairs, those old people chairs? Christy tells, tells me I'm an old black man in a white man's body. That's what she calls me. And I think that fits appropriately, and I don't run from it. And, and so, but no, I, I got my, my, my chairs, but that wasn't enough, because then I was just looking at, at, at the front yard, but we had this tree. So I went out there, and I got the kids a swing set, or not swing sets, kids swings that hang off a tree. And then I went and got a little bird feeder, and I just sit there now. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm just like this old content man that's just enjoying life. You know, I'm just sitting there because of stress. Many of us, we, we go through life day by day, and we find ourselves constantly under different versions of stress. And you might find different ways to relieve that stress. Some of them healthy and, and innocent. Some of them have led you to other problems. Sometimes people relieve stress in different ways. Relieve stress through relationships. Relieve stress through eating. Relieve stress through um, alcohol. Uh, addiction or drug addiction. We relieve stress in a lot of different ways, and not all of them are healthy, but it's all because at the end of the day, no matter if you're trying to relieve stress in a healthy or unhealthy way, all of it is because we're chasing after the soul goal that Jesus has. Jesus desires rest not only for your physical body. Jesus desires that your soul has rest. In this world, this world is not designed, not set up because of the fall of of man, because of sin. This world isn't set up to in and of itself give us soul rest. This world is designed because of sin and all of its consequences. We're going to be bombarded from all directions of problems and stress and, and pains and agonies. And so we've got to go to somewhere else apart from the world to be able to find true spiritual soul rest. And so today I want to encourage you as we walk through the scriptures together, I want to encourage you to just say, Lord, can you teach me how to have soul rest? Help me to understand where it comes from. Help me to not run out and do some things that I'll regret later. Help me to not um, just turn my life off to the people around me. Help me to not be absent minded. Some of us, we what we do is we just turn our minds off to everybody and everything around us. And sometimes that could even lead to depression, discouragement, despair. And so you have to find a healthy place that just says, what is going on here? What is going on here is the Lord has called you to have soul rest, even as you walk um, through this life. And so today, let's go ahead and unpack a little bit of this, this passage here. It says at the beginning, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus invites, the first one, Jesus invites us to rest from our stress, rest from our stress. Why don't you tell your neighbor, you need to rest from your stress. Go ahead, tell your neighbor. You don't even know him. You need to rest from your stress. I just know. I'm looking at you. You got stress all up up in here, right? So you need to rest from your stress. That that is part of the deal. And hey, take this home with you. Later in the week, just just say, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. You look stressed. And the pastor said, you need to rest from your stress. Now, if they don't throw something at you, then you're good, Right? You're good if it doesn't turn into a bigger thing. But here's the deal. The desire of God for you, and this is so important for a lot of people... A lot of people believe that their validity is made by work. Their validity is made by outcome. Their validity is measured by by income into their bank or the outcome of their labor. And so a lot of people, this idea of rest is foreign because they believe, no, 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 I've got to push through. I've got to go more. I've got to do more. I've got to prove myself. And when you live that way and you don't understand that the God who made you desires for your soul to have rest, you're liable to increase you're stressed and go further and further and further from the man or woman that God designed you to be. And so today, I just want the blessing to, to, to bless over you to say, you know what? No, the Lord God who made you desires for your soul to remain at rest. My um, my best friend, as you know, uh, went through last year um, uh, he ended up going to uh, treatment for alcohol addiction and um, it's been fun walking with him on the other side because he's doing an amazing job um, on, on the other side of, of his recovery. And, uh, but in that process, one of the things that, that my friend talks about that he had to learn was this idea of circle of peace. And so anytime a topic starts to get a little stressful, he'll say, Tully, I'm going to step in my circle of peace. And he says, that's not going to bother me in here. And I, I started off being like, you're weird. Like, did they give you some other drug while you were in there? And, but no, it's, it's true. It's like what, what he understood and what he learned is that, that truly God's desire for him was to have soul rest. And, and a lot of the decisions that you're up against, a lot of the arguments that you have, a lot of the frustrations, a lot of the feelings, a lot of the emotional energy that goes out of you is because your soul, the core of who you are, not your physical body, but your soul is lacking rest why do I have to prove myself because my soul thinks I do why do I have to work those extra hours because my soul's not happy if I earn a few dollars less why do I have to get them to love me because your soul is uneasy and hasn't fully embraced the love that God has for you so you need people to fill that void and so over and over and over if I were to sit down with you and we were to talk through your situations you would have different inputs. You would have different things. This whole room wouldn't be, monot- wouldn't be uh, the same here, but, but this room would have different places where your soul is troubled. And if you would just read the Scriptures and only look for the word soul and see what God wants for you, I promise what you're going to find is that you are supposed to rest from your stress. God does not want you to walk through this life every single day, stressed out, hypertension, frustrated, angry at people. What He wants you to do is walk through this life and appreciate it as a gift. Appreciate children as a gift. Appreciate the, the home and situation you are as a gift. Your education that you, that you may have as a gift. Appreciate the people around you as a gift. And, and really just embrace the fact that you're alive. Take a deep breath and just say, you know what? I, I need to rest from my stress. John 7, 37-39 says this, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of the heart will flow rivers of living water. What kind of water? Living water. Now he said this about the Spirit whom he believed in him were to receive. Meaning when you trust in Christ, you receive the Spirit of God. For as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Living water comes from the Spirit of God in you. Not stress, not anxiety, not anger, not rage. Not the need to, 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 uh, co- to depend on alcohol or drugs to get you by. But the fact that there's living water. That, that the one who made you, sustains you, gives you life, gives you every breath in your lung. That God lives inside of you. And while the world may bombard you from all different angles, and while there may be a lot of pain that you walk through this world, your soul in the very inside says, it is well. It is well with my soul. This is Jesus when He's on the boat. And remember, and there's this big storm and all of His disciples come and they're like, hey, we're about to drown. We're about to sink. And you're over here sleeping. And Jesus gets up. And He calms the water, but He rebukes the people. And He says, do you have any faith? Do you have any faith? What does that imply? That implies this idea that faith in Jesus should give us a level of of rest to our soul. Even when we don't like what's happening on the external, the internal is trusting. Many of us were missing this component of, of our faith. Many of us, our joy comes, our, our, our happiness comes from happenings. But really, joy comes from Jesus. Happiness can come from happenings, but your joy comes from Jesus. Your ability to, to keep your chin up and your chest out is not because you love every circumstance around you. That ability is an an utter dependence on the Lord Jesus in your life and believing that whatever you go through, the promises of God will, will stand and that He will go before you and meet you in your greatest time of need. Jesus said to them in John 6, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to Me shall not hunger and whoever believes in Me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen Me and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will not cast out. Jesus is saying, hey, you come close. You're not, you're not going to be thirsty for anything. You're not going to be wanting for anything. If you know me, I will help satisfy those areas. So you say, I, I need a relationship. If you know me, you don't need that relationship. You may desire to go ahead and enter into one, but it should be being fully, you being fully dependent, fully in love with who Jesus is, that other person being fully dependent, fully in love with who Jesus is. And the relationship is great and it's a bonus, but it's not because you needed it. I really believe one thing that we've done in our society, one thing that we do in the church, even worse, is that a person who is single feels like, well, I need something else. No, you are completely good in Jesus. You are completely right in Jesus. You are completely whole in Jesus. Paul even said, he said, listen, you don't don't have to get married, but if you want to get married, cool, but you don't have to. But we flip that around, and now that we we extend this pressure upon young people especially, and we just say, hey, are, are you dating anybody? When are you going to get together? When's this going to happen? And we put burden and pressure where it doesn't need to be. We need to teach men and women, young men and women, hey, you know what? You're good. You're good in Christ, right where you are, and if and if marriage comes, awesome. If it doesn't, awesomer, more money to spend on yourself. That was for somebody in here. <laughs> no, but the pressure is this. The point is this: is that Jesus says, you know what? If you're in Me, like you're good. If you and I are good, you're good. Your soul will be at rest. You're not going to walk around wanting. You're not going to walk around thirsty. You're not going to walk around trying to get something. You'll just be. You'll be you. And you'll be like, Lord, thank You for making me. It's I'm pretty good me. You're a pretty good you. And we've got to learn to just have that soul rest. That soul rest. The passage continues. Jesus said, come to me. And the reason He said, come to me, is He wants to give you that rest. But He says, come to me. Look who He tells to come to Him. All who labor and are heavy laden. All who labor and are heavy laden our souls get burdened both from running and religion our souls carry burden from running from god and religion you see there there's essentially this those who labor those those who labor are the ones that are doing it all on their own the ones who labor are, are trying to make this, make this life work on their own. They're, they're, they're laboring. They're working at it. They're trying to piece it all together. And they feel like, man, I, I, something's missing. I, I can't. I, I try as hard as I can, but I always seem to end up in the same spot. That's the person who's laboring. And maybe you're laboring today. Maybe you haven't trusted and rested in Jesus. Or maybe you know you should, but you really haven't. That situation you're going through, you're just laboring, trying to fight through it. You're laboring, trying to carry that weight on your own. And you know what it is? It is a weight. It is a burden of your own labor, of your own making, of your own strength. And Jesus says, no, no, no. When you know me, when you know me, you don't have to do that. I got your back. But, but well, when, when we try to do it on our own, we're just running from God's will. We're running from what God wants and we try to make it happen. But then the other side of that, the other side of that same coin is when you are heavy laden. When you're heavy laden. When religion itself, when you believe that the avenue is um, handling yourself inside of a religion and letting the religion be the thing you go after. And so as a result, you just figure out, what am I supposed to do? 66 books of the Bible. I'm supposed to learn all this stuff. I'm supposed to memorize all this stuff. And, and, And it becomes religion. It doesn't become a relationship with God. It doesn't become freedom in Christ. It doesn't become seeking Him, loving Him, knowing Him, and worshiping Him. It becomes you just simply doing because you were told to do and be a good religious person. And either way, those two fall short. They're the two sides of the same coin. The prodigal son and the older brother both created distance from their father. The prodigal son and the older brother both created distance from their father. You remember the prodigal son? The prodigal son wanted to do it all on his own. The prodigal son goes to dad, hey dad, how about you give me half my inheritance? Well, just give me my inheritance. I get half, he gets half. Give me mine now. And he's like, well, son, if you don't want... It, he's like, yeah, Dad, I could do this on my own. I got this. And so he goes out and he squanders it. The Bible says that he squanders it in reckless living. And he ends up there and, and, and he's um, eating what animals eat. And he's hanging around, bathing with animals. And he said, man, it would be better to just be a servant in my dad's house. So he tries to go back. And when he's a long way off, the Bible says, his father runs to him. Because his, his father was waiting every day right at the edge of the property looking out saying... All he has to do is turn around. I got him. I got him. All he's got to do is turn around. All he's got to do is walk my direction. And in the meantime, he's coming hat in hand. He's coming with a story. The Bible even says that he rehearsed his story to be able to get back into grace with his father. And the father stood at the edge of the property and said, kill the fattened calf. Put on, a, 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 put on my, uh, my ring on my son. Put on a, a jacket over his shoulders. Bring him in. We're having a party. Some of you, you're, you're trying to do life on your own and you don't realize that all it would take is for you to turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, I don't have it figured out. And I'm trying to do things on my own. And therefore, my soul is stressed. And Jesus looks back and says, man, if you would just come to me, all who labor, all who are doing it on their own, if you would just come to me, I'll give you rest. I'll look after your soul. But you got to come. you got to come close. And then the other side of that coin is the older brother. The older brother's sitting back and he sees his younger brother getting all this special treatment. he's like, hold on, pops. Like, I held it down. Like, I stayed close. I did what I was supposed to. Like, I, I was here when he wasn't here. How dare you look after him that way? How dare you love on that son of yours? And he calls him son of yours. How dare you love on that son of yours this way? And the father said, hey, don't you know all I have is yours? And I'm always here for you. Why can't we just celebrate the fact that your brother came home? Why has it got to be about you right now? You know why? Because his son wasn't really about love. His son was all about following rules. And he thought, if I followed enough rules around here, I'll get my props. Some of you, you're just being so obedient. You're just doing everything right. You're just trying to be as loyal as you can. But the reality is, you're missing out on the father just as much as the one who's running. But each of us have to understand it's not about running and trying to live in sin and do it our own way. And it's not about religion that makes it right. It's about a relationship between you and Jesus to where you'll just surrender and let the Lord Jesus work. A kingdom is every place where the king has rule and reign. And you have to ask and I have to ask constantly. Does the Lord Jesus have rule and reign over this heart? Because he promises if he does, then our soul will have rest. But if we go outside of that plan, we're going to carry all the burden that's meant for God to carry for us. If we try to do it by religion, it's not going to feel right. We're going to feel like we're dressed in somebody else's clothes. But if we would just walk in Jesus and listen to Jesus and pray and seek Jesus and read His Word and follow Jesus, if we would just do these things, then we would look up and we would say, wow, my soul is rest. My soul is rested. So then Jesus invites, He gives us this invitation. Take My yoke upon you and learn from Me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find what? Rest for your souls. Now this yoke, I should tell you, is not egg yoke. Some of you might be like, what in the world? He wants to hit me with an egg. What kind of church is this? What does it captivate anyway? The yoke is, is um, a farming term essentially. They would, they would take a, a large ox to to be able to plow the fields. They would take a large ox and they would pair it with a baby ox or a young ox. And what they would do is is they would put this rope underneath of both. And so as the large uh, ox turned to the left, the little ox would either turn to the left or feel some choke. And so this, this choker is used to train the the movements of the animals. And Jesus is saying, listen, we can do this dance, but I want you to know that my yoke is easy. Following me, walking with me, I, I, I'm I'm not going to yank you all over the place. I'm going to I'm going to meet you right where you are. And I'm going to nudge you in spaces. And so what if you're not just as strong as the person to your left or right? So what if you don't know all this Bible stuff? So what if you're not going to win Bible trivia? Who cares? What I care about is do you know me? Do you walk with me? Do you seek me? Do you pray? Do you, do you, do you, do you chase after me? And if you do, my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. I will not guide you to a place that hurts you. I will guide you to a place that gives you rest. And if you look around this room and find some people in this room that have been walking with Jesus three years, five years, ten years, twenty years, thirty years, you find some of those people and just say, how's it been when you've relied on the Lord? I promise they're all going to testify to this verse. They're going to say, you know what? Life hasn't been easy. But what the Lord has asked me to do has brought me rest. There were some things that I would try to normally in my flesh, I would stress out over. I've just learned I can't do that. There were some people I would use to try to put in their place real quick and build the, the biggest pile of manure in my life so I could stand on top of it. But I realized that's not what God wants me to do. And so I learned to just let some stuff go. And as a result, I've become a more gentle uh, soul. I, I've, I've got away from the ways of the world. I'm not trying to do it on my own. I'm not trying to do it by religion. I'm just trying to get to know Jesus. When you meet people like that, they'll all tell you, it's let my soul be at rest. I don't have to do it on my own. And I'm not under some kind of oppressive religion. I'm walking with Jesus. And as I learn that Jesus wants me to dip to the left, then I dip to the left. That He wants me to dip to the right, I dip to the right. And then slide and slide. So take on the yoke of Jesus. And the Bible says, our souls must embrace the work of rest because it's interesting that that rest part comes after the work part the work is take on my yoke you know what that tells you you know what that tells me it's beautiful you might miss it but you know what it tells you it says it's your choice take on my yoke you know what's beautiful about that and scary it's my choice it's beautiful because it's my choice. I don't serve a bullying God that's going to come up, throw a yoke on me, and pull the knot. And, uh, I don't serve a God like that. I serve a God who says, "Tolly, it is your choice, bro. When you wake up in the morning, Tali, it is your choice to follow me. It is your choice to obey my word. It is your choice to live by the flesh or the spirit. It is your choice. But here's the issue. What's scary about it is that it's my choice. Because Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Meaning, pick up the yoke and voluntarily submit yourself to my will. It's your choice. Some people, what we do is we try to make our faith out to be so crazy so that way we just don't even have to make that choice. We just say, oh, that's so horrible. Why would you even want to do it? Well, the, the, the reality is, is that that's, an, that's, that's a straw man argument. That's not what Christianity is about. What Christianity is about is it's your choice. And it's my choice. Every day. When I wake up, I can choose to live in the flesh under Tali's will and way. Or I can choose to live in the spirit under the will and way of Jesus. But it's my choice. The danger though is that it's my choice. I may get up and decide I'm not going to follow the Lord today. I'm not going to do things by the book. I'm I'm going to have my own way. And I'm going to fight it. And I'm going to argue. And I'm going to come up with ways. But I'm not going to follow the Lord. And when you do that, it's your choice. But what he says is, hey, your soul needs rest. And if you just let me do what I do, I'm I'm God, like I got this thing, pretty good at it. If you just let me be God in your life, I'll help you. I'll give you soul rest. But we've got to embrace the work of rest. Some of us, the hardest work you will ever do is to trust in the Lord. For some of us, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. If you're like me, I'm a a type A on every single personality that, that comes through. You take me on the personality test, I'm always the executive, I'm always the type A, I'm always the, 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 the boss or whatever it is in these different things. And in and, and all of them, the greatest thing I've had to learn is to just rest and trust in Jesus. In all of them, I've had to turn it down. Now some of you are going in reverse, you're so chill, so you might need to turn it up a little bit. But this is for the rest of us, you, you might have to turn it down a little and just say, Lord, I want to let you lead me today. I want to let you lead me today. Last one. For my yoke. He says, hey, take, take my yoke on. You learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And then he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Our soul finds rest in hope. Hope is found in God alone. Our soul finds rest in hope and hope is found in God alone. For whose yoke is easy? His yoke. Whose burden is light? His. It's His. So at the end of the day, if you want soul care, if you want soul rest, you have to be willing to understand that this is His story. This is His plan. This is His call. And that's going to be the hardest thing for you to get rest in your soul because you're so consumed with doing it your way. You're so consumed with calling the shots. You're so consumed with being in control. The hardest thing you'll have to do to get rest is to realize that you're really not in control as much as you think you are. How many of you have gone through some stuff? You said, man, they taught me I wasn't in control. A lot of liars in the room. Behind the lights, they're just like, well, I don't know if you can see up here. I'm just going to keep my hands down. But here's the deal. We've all gone through some stuff. We've all gone through some stuff where where you look at your life and you go, man, if I was in complete control, none of that would have happened. But you weren't. And and so as a result, the quicker that you and I can get to a place to where we can understand that you know what? The Lord Jesus, He's the one that is ultimately in control of all this stuff. And since this isn't heaven, the Scripture tells us, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Meaning part of our prayer is that the kingdom would come to us, and the kingdom would come through us. And for us to have Soul rest is to trust and say, Lord, I'm not in control. But when I am in control, wherever I do have a voice, wherever I do have action, then Lord, I want Your kingdom to come through it. That means it starts with You. Thy kingdom come. It's not just for the others. It's not just for CNN or Fox or MSNBC. It's not thy kingdom come on the New York Times or the Washington Post. It's not thy kingdom come over this group or that group. It's thy kingdom come here first. Jesus, let your kingdom come here first. And I believe if Christians everywhere wake up in the morning and before you look at your feed and before you look at your Instagram or your social media, Twitter, Facebook, before you do all that, if you would just say, Lord Jesus, thy kingdom come in me, then my soul can have rest with whatever I'm about to face today. But as long as I tell myself I've got some semblance of control, then we're going to have problems because you don't. And so your soul is going to going to be fractured. Your soul is going to be stressed. Your soul is going to be under pressure because you're trying to do a job that only God can do for you. So if you want soul rest, you want soul rest? Soul rest finds rest in hope. But hope is found in God alone. Last verse of the day. Psalm 62. Psalm 62 says this, For in God alone, my soul wait in silence. For my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. If you want your soul to have rest, when Jesus got up on the cross 2,000 years ago and He voluntarily died, an executioner's death, when He voluntarily died that way, He wasn't doing it because it was fun for Him. In fact, He weeped in the Garden of Gethsemane and He said, Lord, if there's any other way that these people could know You, then let it be done. He literally prayed, if there was any other way people could go to heaven, then I want it to be done because I'm not interested in going to this cross. But if this is the only way, then let Your will be done, not mine. And He modeled for us in His last moments the idea that for our soul to have rest, The Lord has to have His way. The way your soul has rest is when you have hope for tomorrow. The way you have hope for tomorrow is when Jesus rules and reigns over your life. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come in me as it is in heaven. And when your soul who's meant for heaven matches the work and the will of heaven, you'll be at rest. I so want this for you. I so want your soul to have rest. But you have to do the work. Take on the yoke of Jesus. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. But you have to decide who's in control every day for you. I've decided, my family's decided, that the Lord Jesus is in control. I've told all of my children that there'll be a day when I'm not here anymore. I don't know when it is. I don't know how quick or how long. And none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. Zero of us. It's, I, I sat with somebody when I was 25 years old planning a church. And he said, Tali, why don't you wait till you're 38? Because that's the average age when people start to, to take their first, pastorate, first senior pastorate. And I looked at this guy and I said, look, all I know is God told me to go. And I think it's pretty arrogant for me to believe He's given me 13 more years. So he goes, oh, okay, okay. But here's the deal. We don't know. So what are you going to do with the time that you have? And I've told my kids, I said at my funeral, y'all throw a party because I know where I'm going and I'm having fun. Our soul has to be at rest. But the only way it is is if our hope is found in Jesus because His burden is easy. His burden is light. Put your hope in Him, not in yourself.